Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 I feel refreshed. We're back. We're black. We're brown ambition. Hey, 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 Mandy. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I do my own thing. You're hey, hey, hey. I'm just like, what's up? What's up? It should be like, hey, 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 and sup. <laughs> Hi. So you had a big weekend. I did. I went to Chicago for Lovey's wedding. She married this awesome guy named Carnell. It was cute because uh, his last name is Jones, so the hashtag was Love Jones. Get it? Does anyone not know who Lovey is at this point? Um, those who might be living under a rock. But what do we call her? Cultural icon. Yeah, she's a social commenter. Ah, and so, okay. yes, that's what I would call her. Like, if like you have to call her anything, but she's a writer. She's an awesome podcast. Two of them. Um, she's just, yeah, she's a social commenter and people typically hire her to share kind of like what many of us are thinking, but would not dare to say. And she's like, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Professional hot taker. <basically>. Yes. <laughs> no, but honestly it was, it was dope. Cause Superman came with me. It was in the shy. Of course it was rainy and cold, except for the day we were leaving. I was like, Oh, that's great. Um, but it was nice because, uh, she had a mixer. She had the traditional wedding, which um, Superman had never been to. And then she had what we call the white wedding, which is just because she wears the white dress. So she had the traditional and the, and the white wedding on the same day. On oh, that's what I was waiting to see a picture of her in the traditional. Oh, it was the same day. Yeah, I saw that. Well, how was it the same day? It must have been like a 12-hour wedding because the no, traditional was- wedding takes I, – I went to one before and it was like – well, it, I mean, it was supposed to be from <coughs> four to ten, but did it start till like eight o'clock? Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> and and it literally, lasted all, all the night. invitation it said we were not doing Niger time. Nigerian time for those you unfamiliar, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's the extension of CP time, like way extended. Way so CP time is like oh half an hour, forty five minutes, maybe an hour. Niger time is straight two, three, four, five hours. Um, but no, people people largely came on time because she said we're not playing that. And so um, it started uh, about an hour late, but that's actually pretty good for Niger time. But it was honestly, it was awesome to see the colors. So the way a traditional Nigerian wedding goes, so if if we were living in Nigeria, they consider, Nigerians considered once you do the traditional wedding that you're married, whether you do the right wedding or not. Because the way it works is that really women are considered like this gift and the the groom's family has to come to the woman's compound. So a compound is like basically like you, your family, your extended family live in like typically a compound or a village. 
So if I were to go to like my village, almost everyone's like an Aliche. And then next door to that is like maybe my mom's village where everyone is at Ugara. That's her maiden name. And this is one of the ways that Africans like, you know, prevented um, intermarrying and like, you know, marrying your first, second, third cousins. We didn't do all that. So anyway, so um, during the traditional wedding in the actual village, the family would actually like come physically like walk over to the woman's village and basically have to prove themselves worthy that yes, we can take care of your daughter that you are bestowing upon us. And yes, we are, you know, we know that this is a gift that you're, that you're sharing with us. Um, and so you kind of like reenact that during the traditional wedding where like the, the women's, the woman's family wears like the same color or same fabric and, and they dance in and then the, the man's family wears the same fabric and then they, they dance in and then they kind of reenact coming into the compound and asking for the woman and like, you know, what they're willing to do. And yes, we're able to take care of her. And there's like this, like kind of like switching over where the woman then joins the the man's family. It's just really beautiful, honestly. It's just a lot of history and really beautiful. And um, it was, yeah, I tried to do as much, if you followed my IG, it's gone now, but I tried to do as much um, recording of it as possible so people can kind of see, but it was, it was just beautiful array of colors. And then that was maybe like from 8.30 to like, I don't know, noon. And then we all went back to the hotel, took a nap, then came back for the um, ceremony, the, the white wedding just meaning like the white dress um, ceremony at like five. So it was honestly really beautiful. It was a great time. Yeah, the colors were amazing. Yes. You guys looked amazing. I love the gold. Yeah, yeah, because her colors were like gold and, and there was some blue in there. And then there was um and burgundy. But um yeah, it was gold because Carnell, is, he's um, African-American. So I just thought that, you know, it was so nice, you know, because, you know, when you're, you have two different cultures figuring out how you're going to make it. So each side feels like they're participating. Um, so yeah, it was just like, honestly, it was really dope. But what was super fun was honestly from the first day that I got there, someone came up to me and they were like, oh my God, are you Tiffany from Brown Ambition? And I was like, what? Yes. Not Tiffany the Budgetista, but Tiffany from Brown Ambition. That happened like four times. And I was like, wow. I mean, there are other people that came up to me like, cause um, Superman and I had gone to like, um, shopping and eating and all this kind of stuff. And um, so people came up to me definitely saying, oh, but Janista. But like, this was the first time that so many people were like, no, Tiffany from Brown Ambition. And shout out to Brooklyn, young, black, amazing young man who he's like 21 or 22 that I was um, coming out of the hotel. I was staying at the Conrad Chicago. And he was like, wait a minute, no way, Tiffany, I heard on your podcast that you were going to be here. I was like, wait, what? You listen to Brown Ambition? He's like, that's how I know you. And he was like so amped and I was giving him financial advice, but he totally loves the podcast. Shout out to you, Brooklyn. And honestly, it was just so awesome because I, I, that probably was probably the first man that's ever um kind of like stopped me and said, oh my God, I'm a Brown Ambition fan. Love so that it. was really dope. Yeah, I know. We out here in the streets. <laughs> we need to do a show in Chi-Town apparently. Yeah, no, honestly, it was really, really awesome. I just couldn't, because you know, when we're on here, I'm like, we may just be, we'll talk beforehand. Sometimes we'll talk after. And I will totally forget that like, oh, we're taping a podcast. Because I'm like, oh, I'm talking to Mandy. And then I'm like, oh, wait, people listen. Y'all be listening. Keep it up. They listen. They <laughs> quote us on Twitter. People quoted me back to myself. I'm like, okay, be careful now. Um, actually, people want to know if you have made any progress hiring your executive assistant after last week's show where we talked about, if you haven't listened to it yet, you got to hear the story of 
Tiffany's Yikes. executive admin who was fired in less than 25 hours, 24 hours, 25 no, hours. What kind of what? Yes. One of my employees hit me up. She said, you're savage, but I love it. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. She was like, she said, no, it had to be done. And I, I felt so bad, but honestly, I didn't realize how many of y'all really listen. Many, I was so flooded with admin. Um, I couldn't, we haven't even gotten through all of them yet. Like from almost instantly. So I'm like, oh, one or two, oh, but, oh, oh, 30, oh, but. I mean, flooded. So for those of you who who shot me a message on thebudgetista.com, um, my COO is going through them and, you know, she's going to, she'll, I guess she's sending out like, you know, whatever our requirements are and then she'll start interviewing. But thank you so much, honestly. I'm like, wow. You know, you say things and you're like, are people out there? Uh, they're out there and they're listening. So yeah, if definitely, if you, if you hit me up, like I asked you to, not via social media, but the, uh, the budgetnista.com and the contact me button, then someone's going to reach out to you. So thank you guys. Yes. Thank you for specifying that. Not Don't go to our Instagram and try to apply. <laughs> That's, not- That's not the proper route. There's no forward button. Go to the budgetnista, is budgetnista.com to the contact mm-hmm. form. A contact, mm-hmm, and then somebody will send you like an email with like next steps. I mean, I'm pretty sure right now we have tons of, I mean, you can still apply, I guess, if you'd like, but, um, but yes, for those who just, cause some people hit me up just on IG, you know, well-meaning like, Hey girl. Um, and I'm like, sis, I gave one set of instructions already. You hit me up in the wrong way. Hey, don't tell him this is the screener question. This is how you, you don't want to hire anyone who can't listen to directions. You know how like on your dating profile, you never online dated probably, but no, back in the day, back in the day when I was on the internet looking for love, um, you would try and like put something in your profile that people had to mention when they, te- when they messaged you just to like weed out people who wouldn't read your profile or were just clicking on like your pretty face or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you need like the same kind of thing, like a little, uh, I don't know, like a little, a little hidden oh. gem that yeah, only like, really, oh. uh, only really detail oriented people, which is what you need. will yes. find. You're like, you don't listen already. Okay. <laughs> what about you? How was your weekend? The weekend was exhausting. Exhausting. I went to see, um, I went to see Moulin Rouge, the Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited about it. it was really really good. I mean, it really it was campy Ooh. AF. Like okay. I wish I had had a couple cocktails, but it was it was good. So much glitter, so much sparkle. Went with a couple girlfriends, and then I spent. I literally did not leave my house yesterday, and I somehow did close to twelve thousand steps um, really? in a single day, just cleaning and cooking. I mean, I was so tired and sore. I can't do that anymore. I don't think I was like so tired and so sore, but. I just have been in this, this, I don't know, I guess the nesting mode of just wanting everything to be organized and perfect and clean. And uh, yeah, it was like a little tornado yesterday. Husband, I, I'm, I feel kind of guilty, but I, we got a quote to paint the nursery, like the, the couple of spare bedrooms upstairs, including what will be the nursery. And it was, you know, it wasn't insane. It was like $1,200, which inc- it's not just painting. It's like we had to replace a bunch of doors. Mm-hmm. I won't get into it. But anyway... I was like, we can save $1,000 by uh, <clears throat> you painting, so uh, you're going to go get a paintbrush? Because <laughs> uh, it just seems so simple to me. Of course, you can paint your future child's nursery, but it, that was two weeks ago, <laughs> and lots of uh, angry you know, yells from him upstairs later. It just became a way bigger. Anyone who's ever painted on your own? Yes. It's not just painting. It's, it's like the not. prep. It's sanding. Yeah. It's like yeah. a million things. And I just am to- so tired of him complaining about how hard it is that we got, we, we managed to finish, well, we, he managed to finish the, the baby's room and I've, I've caved in and we're going to 
just hire painters to do yeah. the Honestly, rest of it. Honestly, what I'm learning, that's something that I'm learning. Like, it's one thing when you're, like, broke. I get it. Because I'd be like, mm. so I'll be doing my own hair. Thanks. Because I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to pay for this food. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it, it's taken me a long time. I feel like it's only within the last maybe, like, year um, that I, and even still, but it's taken me a long time. Do you find yourself, like, like, it's really Angelie, my, my financial advisor. She's like, Tiffany, because I was like, yeah, me and Gerald got to cut this cable off. She's like, is it because you don't use it or you think that you can't afford it? I'm like, I reasonably know we can afford it, but it just seems like a lot. She's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're right. There's some things where it actually doesn't make sense for you to do it yourself because of either the stress or the, yeah, painting is, like I mistakenly um, offered for my parents that we were going to paint their their um, their guest bedroom, which is in the basement. I'm like, oh, me and Jamal can do it together. Superman and I, it'll be fun. Three days later, he was like, so you and your suggestions? We, we never get <laughs> with it. Because it's just, so I'm, I'm just learning now about certain things. Like, because I was thinking to myself, I'm going to, I don't know if I'll do Task Rabbit, or maybe I'll just hire like someone who's basically going to be like my errand person. I was just thinking about that today on the plane. Because I was like, oh, I got to return this. And I got to, and I'm like, I have so much other like business work to do. And I was thinking to myself, Tiffany, you have to return this Amazon stuff. You've got to, you know, there's all these little things like you want to return those jeans to Target. But I'm like, why wouldn't it be better if you just had like an errand person come to the house once a week and you give them these kind of like nonsensical errands that don't require you to do that? Because I'm I'm listening and this is a good, um, a good, uh, Netflix has this great documentary about inside the mind of Bill Gates. And one of the things that really struck me about why he was so successful was that he is so focused. He uses all of his energy for a singular focus. Now, I don't want to do all that because Bill Gates is borderline, you know, crazy when it comes to that. But I do know that I spread myself too thin. And some of those things are really like, do I have to go to Target to return these jeans? No, I do not. Someone can do that, Tiffany, for you. So I'm learning that, like, I'm not broke anymore, and it's okay to spend money to make life a little easier instead of running every single solitary, minute errand myself on top of trying to, like, run a business, you know? Yes, I hear you. And my husband would be nodding his head, probably, like, breaking his neck right now if he heard you. Because he's he, all he keeps saying is, man, we could have professionals come, been done in 48 hours. And, you know, because I've been getting on to him because I forced him to come visit his cousin, you know, some of our friends this weekend, because he's just been in the nursery, like painting or doing whatever he's doing, making noise for the past two or three weekends. And I'm like, are we just not going to have a life anymore? Are you just going to be up there all the time? Why can't you go faster? And you know, you can imagine his reaction to that. So um, <laughs> I gave, <laughs> we're going to hire the painters. Um, but we did at least finish the paint in the in the in the fetus's room so we're excited about that <laughs> so for the baby did you um is it like uh the room is it close to the master bedroom because all like the moms i know is like you're not gonna want the baby to be far because i almost like we have like a i turned it to my office now but i was gonna put the nursery on the second floor and we're on the third floor every mom's like girl bye that's not how that works <laughs> Right. Well, we don't really have a choice. And I know ideally you would have the nursery on the same level, but our our house is small. It's not even if it's it's upstairs, but it's not far. Like literally it's right outside our door. But, you know, the first six months I have and that's why we're not rushing the nursery either. I'm not I don't have any grand plans to make sure it's perfectly decorated and Instagram ready. I just want paint and uh, furniture in there. 
because it's going to be in our room for the first six months, right? Yeah. You know, attached to the bed. So I'm actually switching to work on we I'm like we need to be focusing on our little triage center in our bedroom like where are we going to change the diapers and where am I going to breastfeed and Mm -hmm. and like making that little that little baby nook in the bedroom now um that's our plan that's uh but coming down like we're nine weeks out now and the serious conversations around child care need to be happening and pediatricians need to be booked and um you are like you running this baby. It's like it's like a business. You're like so. You can tell you're so type A. Like my therapist said, it's very healthy how I'm handling it. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good to be organized. Honestly, yo, I'm like wild. Where I'd be like, um, I have one sister that I was like, did you even get a crib yet? Because it was her second. So she was like, yeah. So I'm I'm finna do that this weekend. I'm like that baby's doing this weekend. Let's go. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's funny. Like baby one versus baby two. Then there's a big difference. I know, I know. Well, my my brother was baby four, so I we just we still hear him complaining about how he has no photos of himself as a child because my parents were tired by then. But uh, no, I mean I've honestly been procrastinating until this point. I, I kept saying I'm going to wait till like eight weeks out because I've been trying to just focus on I don't know baby moon and traveling and my selfish my selfish things that I wanted to get done before the the kid comes. But now it's like go time. Um, I just don't want to be caught in a frenzy. And now that I'm getting more, the third trimester is real. There is a difference. I feel different now. I'm definitely feeling tired and pregnant. And I'm like, need to get stuff done before my energy is depleted even further. Like I give myself a pat on the back if I walk the dog in the morning. Um, Do dogs see you differently when you're pregnant? My husband like, says she's just tell? sniffing for crumbs, but she she does lay her head on my tummy. Sometimes my husband's like, she's probably just looking for crumbs. But no, I think I've heard from women, I've heard from other women that their dog, sometimes it can be bad. Like sometimes the dogs can like, will start getting territorial and like peeing randomly and acting out and stuff. Um, But not really. There hasn't been a change. However, did I tell you guys that we have, we decided to hire a dog trainer to get Molly in shape? Yeah, so on my list of pre-baby things is, so we have a dog, Molly, and if you guys out there have children and pets, or had a pet before you had your first child. I'm open to anything, any advice you guys have. But Molly is, she's almost two years, but she's still very puppyish. And we've only had her since February and she does have some behavioral issues. So we, and I'm, I just got paranoid that baby would come and Molly would become problematic and step on the baby or bark at the baby or something, you know? So we found, we searched and searched and found a really nice training service in our area, which is expensive up front. It's twelve hundred dollars, but you get the trainer for the lifetime of the dog. So we do oh, it. Oh wow! Initial- yeah, and I've heard from so many people. Well, okay, three people who've paid for <laughs> t- like t- upwards of two thousand dollars for a single week of lessons, or sent like my mom sent her dog away for two weeks for two thousand dollars, and there was no follow up, you know, after that. But she, this trainer, comes does everything in your house, so we don't have to send the dog anywhere. And she has her own program for getting the dog ready for baby. Um, so she came a couple of weeks ago, and we, we've already seen a big difference in Molly. Some of her behaviors that have been problematic, and I'm really, I feel really good about it because, I mean, I was paranoid that she was going to come and be like, oh, you can't have this dog. Like, sorry, mm. this dog's too wild. <laughs> um, but it's been, it's been good, and I think that was worth the investment. And she can come back anytime. If we ever have an issue, we can call her, and she'll return um so we're happy about that 
No, that's good. Cause you're right. I think, you know, well, I mean, I feel like largely pets are, you know, do good with babies, I guess. I don't know. I've never, I've had a cat, but I was like a teenager. Um, but I see like my, um, niece and nephew, their, their uncle has like a pit bull and they used to all live together. And I'd be like, so, but that dog was so good with them. Like, oh, you know, they'd be like, I love Rocky. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm scared of Rocky. They're like pulling Rocky's tail. Cause like Rocky was like clearly new. These are kids, but they'd be pulling his tail, trying to ride him. And he was like such a good sport about it. But I'd be like, uh, I'm going to sit over here. No, um, so- but what I love about it is that it, it made them not nervous about like when they're out, they're like, doggy, you know how some kids are like, I'm scared. Yes. But yeah. They're like, you know, cause they're four, four and, and two. And when other dogs are around, they're like, totally like, Ooh, like, you know, let me pet. I'm not, I'm not scared, which I do like, you know? Yeah, it's really, it makes me sad when we have kids over who are afraid of dogs because it, you know, it stresses out, the, it stresses out, I have to keep the dog upstairs and she can feel that tension. But yeah. we're definitely, we're going to prepare. They say to like, make sure you bring home the baby's blanket before you come home so they can start sniffing okay. it. And But definitely dogs have various reactions. So if you guys want to share your puppy baby story, there are, but pit bulls, it's not about the breed. So I'll do a quick PSA for pit bulls because my neighbor has a pit bull. They had her since a puppy. And her two-year-old little master, um, uh, Joe, who is the who's their baby, like they he rolls all over her, pulls her tail, mm-hmm. chases her mm-hmm. around, and they are the cutest little couple. I just want that mm-hmm. for Molly too. But yeah, she, you know, but she's too crazy. I'm afraid. <laughs> but, but we'll see. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, it's time for my favorite segment of the show. Questions. If you got them, share them. Many will show how. <laughs> you went from James Brown to like Alexa. <laughs> With your tone. <laughs> All right, you guys, you know the drill. Reach out to us with your questions, any and all questions. Of course, we're not financial experts or investment advisors, but we do the best we can to share advice and tips based on our own experience. You can hit us up at brandambitionpodcast.com. Go to Ask Us Anything, or I'm getting lots of questions from you guys on Instagram, which is great. We're at brandambitionpodcast on the gram. And you can email us directly at brandambitionpodcast at gmail.com. And yes, I always say, we're not your financial gurus. We're your financial girlfriends. That's very different.
Very, okay. very different. Okay, let's, we got a bunch of questions over the last week. So let me start with, oh, speaking of uh, men who listen to the show, how about a question from listener Jason? Ooh, okay. He and I actually have a similar problem. So I, I feel you on this question, Jason. So here's what he says. My wife and I are on our debt payoff journey using the snowball method. We're expecting our second child in a couple months, and I'm starting to think of replacing my sedan with a crossover SUV within a year. Both of our cars are paid off, and it feels so good, but I'm torn because I really wanted my next car to be paid for in cash. But we also want to save about $10,000 to have as savings for the baby um, after the baby's delivery because my wife won't be able to work for a few months. Reaching that goal has been complicated. So I'm wondering, would me getting a newer vehicle make me financially irresponsible, or am I thinking too hard? We have plenty of breathing room financially, but I can't ignore my commitment to have our family debt-free in the new in the near future. Please help a frugal guy who is scared to make a decision. So what was his name again? Jason. Oh, just let me, so I can get some clarifying questions. So for Jason, they have two cars that are paid off. They do, but he wants, basically, I didn't read his entire question because it was long, but the car that they're looking to replace has like over a hundred and something thousand miles mm, on it and okay. it is old. So okay. he wants to upgrade it to something that's like an SUV size, but he doesn't think he'll be able to pay for it in cash if they okay. want to stick to their goal of saving 10000 before the baby comes. Okay. Okay, so that makes that makes a difference because if he was just getting a new car because you know trying to be cute, stunt on them <laughs> in these streets, then I'd be like, well. But honestly, I mean, you know, depending on what kind of car it is, you know, Nissans and Hondas and you know those things can two hundred thousand, a hundred thousand is not much for a Honda, you know, quite honestly. If they're if it's been well taken care of and getting regular oil changes, um, but for like an American car, that might be a lot. Um, and only can you kind of know your car. Um, so if you feel like it's already starting to give trouble, then, you know, I, you know, I might, I might, you know, say, you know, now's the time to make the move. But if it's more so like, well, we're going to have to eventually get another car anyway, although the car is not giving me any trouble. I probably quite honestly, I would probably wait because my financial goal of having more than enough saved because your wife's not working would would for me would likely be the greater pull if the car was still safe, you know, now if the car's on the borderline, then I might be like, Oh, okay. Especially since, you know, it's not going to put you in, um, in the financial harm's way, just the, it'll, it'll of course be debt that you have, but I mean, some things can't be avoided then, you know, then I would, then I would go ahead and, and, and get a safer car. But to me, it really all depends on the state of the car and, and how you feel about it. Like if it's not giving you any trouble, then I, I likely would like, like just to say like the Honda, whatever. And you're like, honestly, it could go another 50 to a hundred easily. Then I probably would rock out, save that 10,000. Cause you just never know. I mean, for me, but I err on the side of caution and like, I am definitely a saveaholic. So, you know, I don't know if I'm the best person. <laughs> I mean, how long did you have your car before you upgraded? Child, don't even ask. Because first of all, Mandy, I had the car so bad, like Superman would have to pick me up from places. Like, <laughs> honestly, Tiffany, I need you to replace that. Literally, it was a 50-50 chance if this car was going to turn on. And I was like, you know what? I think I think it's time for another car. So I am, but do not, obviously, that is not what I want for you. So I probably should have given away my car or, or you know, got rid of that car 
probably a year or two prior. But it was a Toyota Camry. And I said, I'm not going to lie, it rocked out for a long time with no issue. And then, you know, then like, you know, two years before I got rid of it, it started to like act up a little bit. And I should have gotten rid of it as soon as it started to act up. But but I didn't because I was scared of not having, well, one, I didn't want to have, um, I didn't want to have a uh, debt, you know, getting a car. And two, I was scared of not having money saved because the recession really scarred me. And I was like, I'm scared to take this money out. But finally I, I did pay for the car that I have now cash. I will say that. So that, that helped me to get over that, but I'm, that's not my expectation from you. Sometimes we need to borrow. Sometimes we need to finance. And as long as you're doing so responsibly and you're doing so because it's for the safety of your family, then there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. And actually my husband and I are having the same debate right now because we only have one car. And already we're having days where, you know, I need the car, I need to go somewhere. And the other person's like, okay, you know, now we're in the suburbs, so there's no trains. I mean, there is a train, but it only goes to the city, you know. So we sometimes end up, like, I'll end up taking an Uber to the doctor in the morning if he needs to get to work at a certain time or whatever. Um, And he's definitely pushing for a new car. Of course he wants a Tesla. And, of course, he's wanted a Tesla for years and years and years. I remember, I remember. And I'm just like, it can't be a Tesla because I don't know. I feel like with a luxury car like a Tesla, if you have to finance it, then like, why do you have a Tesla? I don't know. Um, so I, I I think, and especially when the kid comes, I feel like two cars will be good, but our car is paid off and hey, we don't have a debt payment. And I'm, I'm just like Jason where I feel so good about that and kind of cocky about it. You know, I like it. I'm a little, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we don't have a car payment, but it may end up being another paint situation where the cost of, and we could qualify for a really great loan, I'm sure, um, for some, you know, a really good rate on a loan if we needed to finance something and put down a, a decent deposit or whatever, and just do what we did with the first car, which is aggressively pay it off in the first six months. Um, but I, I think we might, I might end up having to give in. I am, however, I think there's just too much going on right now. It was our first kid coming, you know, we, uh, I, also have a goal for our emergency savings and it's where I want it to be right now and I don't want to dip into it. We just are fi- we're still on this process finishing updating the house and stuff. So for me, it's not the top of my priority list right now and I've just said, let's see what happens with this little kid and if it really becomes a huge burden for us not to have a second car, then okay, we can make that decision when the time comes to it. I I I don't know if doing it right now, especially before your second kid comes makes the most sense, at least not that's not the way I'm going to handle it. I'm thinking, well, let's just like get through this. So, and, and go ahead and start saving, like whether it's for the kids, you know, if that 10 K that you wanted for your, to replace your wife's income, or you end up not needing the full amount and you can put some toward a car later, just starting to save now for whatever comes probably makes the most sense. And then you guys can decide later, you know, how best to, to use that savings. Yeah. Yeah. I think like if there's no urgency, don't act urgently. Oh, look, Wait, did you just make that up right now? (laughs) I did. That was good. Right? That if there's no urgency, don't act urgently. You know, so the good thing is you you sound like you're in good shape, so. Sound like a run DMC line or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. If there is no urgency, then (laughs) you don't act urgently. (laughs) Right? Okay. (laughs) I've been watching a lot of living single lately in my 90s groove. (laughs) Again, yes. Again, I started from the beginning. It's too good. All right. Thank you so much for your question, Jason. And congrats on number two. It's exciting. All right. Let's see. I'm going to take a a question from a repeat questionnaire only because this one's really funny. 
Well, not funny, but I think we both will have an interesting answer. And I think it's a unique problem that touches on what happens when she earns more. All right. From the gram, we'll keep her anonymous. Anonymous says, my boyfriend and I both earn six-figure incomes, but I make 20K more than he does. And recently, his pride has become a problem. For example, I recently wanted to get orchestra tickets to a show, but he wanted to get mezzanine. I told him I'd buy the orchestra tickets I wanted, and then he could buy dinner. He got mad at me, saying I always throw my money around, and it's the same show no matter where we sit. Things like this are happening more and more often. I don't care that he makes less than me. We've been together for a year. I'm not willing to have less enjoyment with him than I would have without him, especially when I'm willing to pay for what I want. How have you guys dealt with male pride related to the difference in income? When is this pride too much and you are better off potentially ending it? Thanks. So they've been together a year and already Mm -hmm. he's got some uh, problems that she's earning. She's in a bit more financially uh, of a comfortable space than he may be. Yeah. Interesting that they already know where what each other earns that early in their relationship. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's yeah, good. Yeah, especially to that. Sometimes you know, like, oh, I make a little bit more, but especially to that specific degree. Because 20K over the course mm. of a year, you know, especially, I don't know where they live, but let's say they live in New York City. You're not talking about, like, a different income bracket. You know, that's it's not necessarily that much of a deal. But, I mean, it would give you the little bit of extra disposable income. Mm-hmm. Um, to get those orchestra seats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do you what do you say? Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing with Superman and I, I mean, I make significantly more like, you know, probably five or six times more. So but they're definitely um, when I first uh, met him, we were like grown. So I moved in. Well, I knew him from before we were we had dated off and on before. And so when we started dating seriously again, I moved in after like a year and a half. But he was insistent that he paid the bills basically um because he was like before you got here I was paying the bills so you know so even though with my finances we could have definitely afforded to live someplace um better but that was like his thing I'm the man I pay the bills and I said okay and honestly I didn't I, I wasn't mad at that because the last serious boyfriend I had before him was like my son it got so bad I remember one time this is when I knew we're breaking up we went to go get ice cream and it was a dollar, a whole dollar. And so, you know, like, so we're staying at the ice cream. And so he orders his ice cream and steps to the side, like, mom, you got this? And I looked at him. I said, you don't have a dollar? He looked flustered because he was so used to me because I was young. Mm. Growing up, he was so used to me paying like everything. And I remember looking at him thinking to myself, this is what I would do with my son if I had one. Like you would order your ice cream and I would pay for it. And I was like, this is not going to work. So I actually kind of appreciated the fact that Superman was not like that. Um, and I respected the fact that he was like, you know, I want to, you know, I might not make as much as you, but I'm going to contribute. So we, like I said, we lived in a, we lived in honestly, quite honestly, what I call the halfway hood. Um, so, but what we did do is that I was like, okay, especially when we got serious, then I will save, you know, so you pay the bills and I will, even though I actually pay the bills online, but it was his money. Like he would have his money deposited until we opened up once we got, or once we got married, it was a joint bills account. But at the time it was his checking account, but I would go in and like pay the bills. But, and even when we bought the house, Mandy, honestly, one of his prerequisites, which was really hard was that we couldn't get more house than he could afford. I was like, you know, (laughs) so, and at the time we were looking for, um, we were looking to finance. 
And so like when it came down to like, okay, well, let's look at the financials. It was like, well, this is what he makes annually. And so that meant that's what our mortgage could be. Even though I was like, well, we can, we can get more. Nope. And I was like, okay. Cause I get it. Cause he's like, Tiffany, I want to be able to provide. And if something should happen to you or you don't want to work anymore because you want to have kids, whatever it is, I want to make sure that we're not dependent on you being the budgetista for us to be able to maintain life. So I, I mean, I hit the jackpot in that. I know. And I, I appreciate that. And I hit the jackpot in that the house that we end up getting, we ended up paying for it cash because it was a foreclosure. The bank would not take financing. And we, like, like I said, we lived off his income and we saved and invested mine. He had personal savings himself. I have personal savings, but we have our joint savings and then he pays bills. Um, and then I contribute to the bills as far as it relates to like my, my family. So we like help out some family members. So I, but I contribute to that component. Um, so I just say, so I share all that to say that that's not necessarily a bad thing. He's gotten a little bit better with like allowing me to kind of say like, well, I got it, you know? Um, so it, it but it, it wasn't easy. Um, cause sometimes, you know, like I'll, I'll want, cause I'm not super, I'm not someone I would do mezzanine as well. So most of time we're on the same page, but every once in a while I'm like, let's get fancy and do this fancy thing. And I could tell he's slightly like uncomfortable, even though we're married now. So we have a rule now to, this is what we've done to ease it up, even though you, you guys are not married. So it's different, but we have a rule now that if we go on, on a date, so groceries, all that kind of stuff, we know that's like community property. But if we go on a date to alleviate that sense of, well, we want to go someplace fancy, but maybe because I pay most of the bills, I don't have it, is that you're allowed to use our community property money. Like if I'm treating, I'm not really treating, I'm just taking it from our joint checking account. And if he's treating, same thing. So it alleviates some of that feeling. So I would just say that it's not necessarily a bad thing that he wants to be able to afford and not lean on you. Um, but I think that it's more about talking about it. And maybe if you guys, I mean, if you guys can save jointly, not in a joint account together, but meaning like there's maybe like a, an account where you're setting aside for those things. So you can kind of upgrade experiences from a place that's been set aside and saved. So that's what we did. We had two separate savings accounts where we would be saving. And when we went to go on vacation, it wasn't like, I can't afford to go. We would kind of pull from our joint savings accounts and, and just continuously talking about it. But I, I feel him and I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Yeah, and what I'll say is, I mean, you guys have only been together for a year, and the, the attitude that you bring to it of, I don't want to enjoy my life less than I would if he wasn't in the picture, I don't know if that's the right attitude to bring to the table, especially this early. Yeah. I mean, I think you may just have a difference in priorities, and my husband and I definitely early on dating, it was clear we had difference in how we, like, he loved to spend money on gadgets, I love to spend money on travel. To me, it was stupid for him to spend you know, he got me an Apple watch for my birthday, for example, like my past birthday. And I'm and in, in on the inside, I'm like, seriously, dude, this is so much money for a, a watch. But like that for him, it, it means something. And it's a useful use. It's, it means something for his money, you know, to, to spend it on that. And I've come around to the fact that he really does see value and take pleasure in tech things. And he's come around to the way that I value traveling. And we both kind of have agreed, okay, you know, we'll bend for each other or we'll, you know, we'll save toward goals that we both. So I'm, I'm cool with saving toward a goal that has something to do with gadgets. And he's cool with saving toward a goal that has something to do with travel because we've kind of accepted, okay, these are our differences and priorities for where our disposable income goes. And maybe it's just that he doesn't love theater and maybe he would be happy spending a lot of money on, you know, whatever he is interested in. And I, I feel like you should be open to understanding where 
what makes, you know, where, where he puts value in things and don't see it as a deal breaker. And, you know, front mezzanine seats are the, that's where I love to sit front mezzanine. Uh, mm-hmm. Orchestra is not always the best. And, you know, would you rather be at a show by yourself or with a, with a nice man who has a good job? <laughs> like, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> so I, the, exactly. I, I, sometimes is single life with you going to shows by yourself. I used to go to shows by myself. I wouldn't go back to those days necessarily. Um, you, also to- too, you can have your fancy friends, right? Cause I've got a fancy friend. My yeah. friend Gabriel is one of my fancy friends. And so, cause Superman is not fancy and honestly, typically I'm not either, but when it comes to like going to like the fancy restaurant, or whatever, my friend Gabriel, he's like, he's the one that's like, Ooh, let's do this fancy thing. And I'm like, Oh gosh, how much is it going to cost me? But that's where I do those fancy things with. So, I mean, you know, it's okay to be like, you know what, with my man, we're going to, we're going to do it this way. But, you know, I've got a couple of friends that I know that if I'm wanting to do this specific thing, I go with them. It's okay for your man to be one of your friends, not your only, you know? So oh, exactly. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it really is that he just doesn't love theater enough to want to put the extra money toward it, which is fine. You know, there's, there's times that I really love having, first of all, it's great to have people who love to go to shows with you because it is hella expensive. And once you start living out, you know, jointly income wise, you're just paying double, you know, than you would if you went by yourself with some girlfriends. So it's actually a way of saving money eventually. Um, but I, I don't see his pride as a huge red flag. I think it's maybe less to do with, it could be less to do with pride and more to do with just difference in priorities of where you guys spend. And maybe you should just start understanding a little bit better what he values and how to how to you know compromise and do what he values sometimes too not just what you value yeah but uh thank you very much for your question all right we're going to close the reader uh reader inbox for the day but again holler at us uh instagram brand ambition podcast on instagram or go to brandambitionpodcast.com to leave us your questions Now it's time to boost a break with all our family. You're going to boost? You're going to break? What you going to do, Mandy? I got to do, this is not necessarily financial. I mean, I'll find, I always find a way to make it financial, but I am so annoyed. So I've always dealt with acid reflux and having, you know, all my organs being pushed up my throat right now really has made it worse. And anyone who's been pregnant probably deals with it. And what did my, excuse me, what did my doctor prescribe me but you know, take a Zantac once a day, it's perfectly fine, blah, blah, blah. Turns out Zantac's on, like, recently studies have found traces of this type of chemical or something that causes cancer. And I'm just like, what Mm. the, and I've been taking it for, I mean, like, really for years, it's been like the Mm. go-to over-the-counter drug. And it's not cheap, these stupid over-the-counter drugs. And you can't use your FSA card to purchase them either. So like, you know, it's an investment buying these stupid drugs. And I'm just like, I don't know, taking a brown break from the FDA or whoever is not regulating these drug companies and giving me something else to stress about, essentially. So even though the FDA, if you guys take, it's such a, such a common over-the-counter medication, if you guys take it, the FDA has not said that the study findings are conclusive enough to, to show that you should stop taking it right now. But Walgreens, Rite Aid, and CVS have all pulled it off their shelves. So... Mm. And that's very telling. Very telling. And I mean, I talked to my doctor and I was like, so what do you think? And she was like, ah, these studies are whatever. Just keep taking it. I'm like, uh. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But 
can you give me an alternative just in case? Like, <laughs> I don't know, hormonal, emotional pregnant lady here. Maybe let's not play, you know, play games with my Zantac. Yeah. But, so that's a, a brown break. And uh, I will be looking for an alternative to my ride or die. Because Zantac really like, gives me life. It's the reason I can get up in the, mor- in the morning and actually like get through the day. Because acid reflux is no joke. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I can't. When I have it, it feels like I mean I don't get it often, but every once in a while, I'll hit and I'm like, "What is this? That that?" So I can't imagine. Um, so I'm gonna take a break as well. I'm gonna tread lightly. Um, uh, so there's an organization that I did work with, and so there are like other requirements, but you know, like it was totally volunteer. I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll do this. It's not no payment or anything." The level of instruction of what to do after you ever met there, I have never gotten more emails and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and more instruction. And then, and I'm like, what is happening? I feel like I'm in like a, uh, I don't know, freshman seminar. Like there's so many emails, so much instruction, so much. And I'm like, all for this one thing that I donated my time for. Hmm. So is, is it too late lie. to back out? <laughs> no, no, because I've already done the I already did the donating part, and so um, uh, I I just I just honestly told my admins like you know hey just kind of flag me when it's like really important because I it, there's so much work and I'm thinking to myself I can't believe the I can't be the only one who thinks that when you ask something of someone and they donate their time that I feel like it's my duty. And I try to do this. I'm sure we failed at sometimes. Um, I try on my end to make the donation process. And I'm not talking about financial, like your time to try to make that process as, as easy as possible, just because I'm already grateful that, you know, you're already giving your time. So then you're giving your time and I'm saying, and then more time and more time. Oh, a little bit more time. And could I have some time on top of time? And I'm like, so that is kind of like my Brown break. It's just like, Ooh, child. I mean, I don't, I just, I'm not going to lie. I can't wait for this component of my life to be over because there's so many instructions and I get what they're doing. The reason why there's so many instructions is they think they're making it easier, you know, but sometimes it's like, it's like the law of diminishing returns where you, you can have a good thing, but sometimes too much of a good thing actually becomes a bad thing. Like if you drink too much water, you can actually flood yourself on the inside. Or for like me, I save so much that actually was detrimental because I was not investing, you know? So there is, it is possible to do a good thing too much. So they are trying to make, they're trying to make um, it as organized as possible. Um, so, but it, in, 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 honestly, it's actually made it disorganized. We have tipped over into mm. where it no longer is easy breezy. It is actually overwhelming. And I've checked that. I just looked at my in- inbox and I'm like, another inbox! You know what? I'm not doing it. They need, they need someone to send them a word, a one word email, KISS, which stands for keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> but like I said, it's a good Overcomplicating. thing. Overcomplicating. Mean, the, the thing I donated, like, it's definitely an awesome organization. They're doing great work. So I'm glad for the donation you know, of my time they gave. So I'm, that's not it. It's just the follow up and all that's required afterwards is definitely, you know, borderline overwhelming. And I'm like, it's giving me anxiety. And I'm like, so I just can't wait till it's done. But. Yeah, that's my brown break that, you know, overcomplicating things and, you know, making a thing more than it needs to be. I co-signed that brown break. (laughs) All right, that's the show. We'll see you guys next week. Yes, indeed.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.